Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome to Loud Women. Guys, today is a big day. We're finally talking about Shrill. It's happening. We've watched the show. Tookie, are you super pumped because it's actually real life? I am beyond ready. I am, oh, I might be lactating. I'm so excited. Like, no more hypotheticals. No more what do you think. Uh, This is like real shit. So uh, I finally watched, sat down. We've had the screeners. We've been sitting on them for a little bit. This This is behind the curtain. We've been sitting on them for a little bit because in the lead up to the show, we didn't want to have any spoilers. We didn't want to be like anything influencing our opinion. So we waited until this week. We watched the first episode. Tookie, what was your initial reaction after we've been talking about this show forever and now that we finally have seen it, what was your what was your first thought? I want to punch everyone who's yeah. Annie's adversary. I want to punch everyone. Also, for those who may have not read uh, Shrill, the memoir, Lindy West talks about her real life boss who is portrayed as a character in uh, the, the, the TV series and you may or may not know who that is in real life because it's based on a real person. And I completely believe that he was that much of a turd, uh, mostly because in the gay community, there are sort of these extremes in terms of body tolerance, where among gay men, it's like, you know, you, you're, um, you're either fat shamed or pursued for being a bear. Right. So I can imagine where someone of his body type would look at anyone, not just another man or a a potential partner, but anyone who doesn't fit a certain body standard with a a certain amount of disgust. almost. And, And so to be clear, too, is the person that she's talking about in the memoir is Dan Savage, who I think, I mean, I don't think that's a secret, right? Like that's literally oh, in the, right. in the, mo- it says Dan Savage. So I think we can, I think we can be pretty honest. We, so, we can put him on blast. I think everybody has sort of their fully formed opinions about him. And she, you know, in the book, she definitely like gives him credit for evolving. But I think that's true is there's definitely this extremely judgmental persona and paired with all of the other antagonists in this episode, um, you really get a full picture of all the different types of personas that are sort of coming down on people for body shaming in different ways. And they're all coming from different perspectives. Uh, so it was sort of a well-rounded view of the shitty life of fat people. Oh yeah. Uh, Ooh, can we, can we spoil a little, a little bit? We can spoil episode one. That's what we're doing, baby. We're, t- we're tearing it all down. Let's go. We're doing it. Okay. So, uh, was not expecting her, uh, live in BFF roommate to be British. <laughs> I loved her though. So her name is in real life. She's a comedian named Lolly obsessed with her uh, character's name is Fran. She is the only person on this show other than Annie that is likable in any way, shape or form, at least at this point. And she's so funny and she's so loving throughout the whole thing in the, and the contrast with her and the terrible shitty people. It was so stark. And I thought, well done. 
honestly, though, that was like the most uh, uh, surprising reveal of a black person being British since 21 Savage got exposed. <laughs> Shout that out to really, him, by the way. That one really stuck with you, didn't it? Oh, that, it did. It, it's yeah, haunting you. I wasn't ready. I was not ready. Okay, we went through this moment. The black community went through this moment in the 90s when we found out Slick Rick is British because he got deported at one point. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Do your research, kids. So <laughs> Google it. Google it. Yeah. So then, um, so then when 21 Savage recounts you know, him being pulled over and all he hears is the agents being like, we got Savage <laughs> while dragging him. It's so messed up. I'm not making light of the situation at all. Uh, but just just that big reveal. The context uh, is important. Tucky. It is so important. And, and so like that took everyone aback because we we're like, this dude is from Atlanta, right? No, he's British. So when I see. Um, oh, my gosh, what's her name? Fan, Fran. Yeah, Fran. Fran. When I see Fran. And she opens her mouth and she's like, hello. I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> it definitely gives her an extra an extra edge. A yeah. Classier. You know what I mean? Classing up the joint. Yeah. Yeah. I was here for it. I, I loved her. So some of the other there was. So I made sort of a, a list of things that like as a person who is overweight myself, that like, just felt so real and so like under like nobody talks about it on TV. And so I was like, holy shit, we're like talking about some of this stuff that's been a part of my life that I've never heard about before. Right out the gate, when they're talking about those like diet meals, when they're talking, oh. and she pulls out that like frozen plate of like white oh. meat mush. I was so, I, I that was so PTSD for me. And I was like, oh my God, we've all been there. And it reminded me of this like six month period of time where I was doing shakes and then like, the lean cuisine years and the the frozen like the all the frozen meals that you have somebody tells you like this is a great idea and it's so it's I think a lot of people have been through those phases where you're dealing with that and uh and I just related with that and I was like oh my god the six almonds Mm, so Uh. filling and and yeah like they kind of touch on her mom uh being all like hey you know this is this is for your health I I I cannot stand that kind of unsolicited advice so you must have had a really big trigger reaction to the woman in the coffee shop that uh, (gasps) caught her looking at the caught her looking at the pull tabs and was like I can help you that one like that really spoke to me about specifically the part that stuck with I'm literally like rubbing my temples right now thinking about this the (laughs) the thing that really resonated with me is the way that she almost tried to compliment her through insulting her and she was like your wrists are so thin like you have such a small frame under there and it's like when people tell you like oh my god you have such a pretty face that shit like that that it's like oh if you only weren't so heavy you would be just beautiful that's like fuck off I am beautiful I look amazing like get out of my face I can't I can't stand I okay (laughs) listeners know I'm like making fist gestures to punch everything. Uh, but yeah, I, oof, that was a really triggering moment for me, for sure. I think that's the right word because I've been in that situation before where someone, it, it, not necessarily where I'm looking at a flyer with tabs for trainers or anything, but I've been in a situation before where I've gotten unsolicited advice from people like, oh, you know, if you do this or if you follow this diet plan or, um, I know a good trainer. 
Mm-hmm. Join my gym. I know that. And it's like, uh, and it takes me back to this moment. I must have been like 16 or 17. And I was attending one of my cousin's birthday parties, right? And her grandmother comes up to me. She's this little Caribbean woman. And um, she comes up to me and she just squeezes my arm and goes, diet, diet, right? No. And I'm like, and I'm like, do you understand that if I went back to her and like jiggled her jowls and was like, wrinkle cream, ole, they'd look at me like I'm an asshole, right? Like I'm the bad guy. That's right. just, no, but that doing that to someone is just as bad. It's just as bad. Yeah. It, I think we, I think this definitely brings up traumatic situations for a lot of us. And I'm thinking the first one that came to mind, and I'm sure there will be more as we discuss this, but I remember very specifically one girl in high school telling me, um, or not high school, maybe I was a little bit older, and she was like, Marissa, you know, if you didn't wear clothes that were so, like, out of nowhere, if you didn't wear clothes that were so baggy, you would look skinnier. Like, oh, thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you for that unsolicited fashion advice to make me look as if I'm skinny. Like, basically, like, the undertone was like, you look like a fat slob, and uh, if you just wore something that was a little tighter, you wouldn't look so fat. And I was just like, what gives you the right to just say that to people it is unbelievable and so I I loved seeing that portrayed because Mm -hmm. because again it goes back to what we talked about in a lot of the earlier episodes is is the portrayal of fat people on tv has always been like they are the butt of the jokes so we haven't had a show that explores these nuances that we've all experienced um you know it's like you're saying like people you know inviting you to do a diet inviting you to join the gym I always feel the same way when people are like well maybe you should like try spin do you want to like come to this like and I'm like you think I have not that has not dawned on me like I really appreciate that input thank you so much Karen thank you spin classes are um a death wish by the way I did I did one I did one oh yeah a few years ago (laughs) uh not well not well. I almost walked into the Charles River afterwards. It was not <laughs> a good time. I don't know why people voluntarily do that to themselves, but hey, live your best life, right? <laughs> so yeah, that was, I think that was a really interesting thing to see on on television, which I appreciated. Uh, so a couple other things that jumped out to me at the beginning of the episode. I loved how early they talked about the morning after pill. Oh my God. I remember specifically in like maybe 2013 or 14 when they started, there was like a lot of news stories about how that, how the morning after pill doesn't work for people over 175 pounds. And that's not that big. Like 175 pounds is not, we're not talking obese. That's like a sort of an average sized American woman. That's like Um, a size 12, 14. Barely. Yeah. Uh, And So it was sort of, it was mortifying for me and some of my friends when we realized this and everyone was sort of like texting it to each other because it wasn't making a ton of news and no one was really talking about it except for like me and my fat friends and everyone was sort of woken up and we're like, hold on a second, shouldn't they tell you this or shouldn't there be more of a thing around this? And so when she walked up to them, granted, no one should obviously be using the morning after pill as regular birth control because that's fucking stupid. Uh, but yeah. uh, but still, when she you, unless up- you want to liquefy your uterus, you know, but <laughs> that's an, that, yeah, I was like, there has to be that wrecks your body like that yeah. morning after pill is not good for your body. Anyway, so I was like, girl, you must be like all kinds of hormonal. Mm. Um, but anyway, so it was it was really cool to see something like that portrayed, too, because it was such a sort of 
specific problem to people who are over a certain weight limit and women specifically. And so I was like, yes, this is such like a niche thing, but it's something that people that are in my peer group have cared about. Yeah. And it's like, how sad is it that essentially big pharma is Mm. uh, reinforcing this idea that women over a certain weight aren't fuckable, at least raw. That's (laughs) if you're going to fuck a fat girl, you have to put on a condom. That's That's what big pharma is saying. Uh, but that's true. I never even thought about it that way. And are there other products that just have a little like caveat that's like, oh, hey, small print. If you're fat, you can't. This isn't going to work for you. <sighs> like how many other products is that a thing for that we just don't know about? I should ask my mom because she's a nurse, but then I would expose my life as a comic. Um, <laughs> it's a very slippery slope of asking about birth control <laughs> or about asking about morning after pill to revealing your secret life. Right. So I, yeah, so that was one little thing that I was like, I love that they just sort of straight up talked about it. Cause it's sort of also one of those, I don't want, I don't mean icky in the literal sense. I just mean, people are like, Ooh, don't talk about that. It's not polite. It's not polite to talk about those types of things. So I was like, yeah, we're getting in there right out the gate. We're like, we are talking about the weird stuff on the show. And I love yeah. that. And I love the fact that this show not only normalizes the, overweight woman experience, but just a woman's experience in general. It's normalizing a lot of things that a lot of women go through. And I think that those things, things like the the plan B thing, yeah. no one's talking about that because so many of these shows are written by men that that's not something that they're thinking about. And so it's really cool to see a show that has so many women behind it and seeing the types of different subject matters that they tackle. So Little things like that in this episode gave me a lot of hope. This show's going to be really interesting and different. A.D. Bryant, producer credit already. I'm, I'm yeah. here for I, There were so many little moments, too, that I was like, that is such an A.D. Bryant moment. That looks like something she would have written on SNL. There was like this cute little moment after she tried on the dress that Fran gave her that initially she was like, no, I can't wear that. Then she put on the dress and she was like, oh, oh, what's that? I might be feeling myself it was just this very cute little moment that I was like that's such a little A.D. Bryan moment I love her anyway I'm gonna put the put the train back on the tracks I want to I want to relatively stay as a little bit chronological so the next thing that I wanted to talk about that happened in this episode was our introduction to shitty dude I don't remember his name I don't remember if they gave us his name he's not oh I think they did I don't remember he's not worth the energy shitty dude Number one, assuming there'll probably be other shitty dudes in the show, but shitty dude number one, uh, you know, I always find it funny when a show introduces a character via a sex scene. Mm. Uh, I thought in this example, you uh, learned a lot about him, that specific type of like gross, sweaty, like jackrabbit sex. I was like, ooh, don't like this guy. I'm already, Uh -uh. I'm not on board. I'm good. He doesn't even use beard oil fucking animal that's a dry ass beard that could have been a nice beard but that was crispy like you need to use a little bit of something in there so did not like him men Uh, condition your beards in 2019 it's very important skin care beard care you need to take care of yourselves if we're gonna do all this go through all this trouble at least slap on a little moisturizer uh so yeah i he was he was fucking terrible and i i really felt for her in the moment of you know, he was like trying to take off her bra and she was like, no, can we not? And I just, the whole thing, I was like, oh, this feels so shitty. And it was so, um, again, it was written from the, it was written, you could tell it was written by a woman who had been Mm. in these types of experiences. And so you don't see sex scenes like that a lot. It wasn't like, ooh, and then she revealed her ample bosom. It was like, no, this is just how normal people sometimes have sex. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you know, normalizing the uh, day sex. That's yeah, not I mean, even good. Yeah, I like she left work for that, too. I was like, girl, that is not good enough to leave work for. Like, don't. Just stay at the office. Uh, um, he was terrible. And then the part about going out the back and... <sighs> That was one thing I was like, I don't know if that's, this is almost too bad to be realistic. Like, I almost don't buy that part of it. That was almost where where they lost me a little bit. I was like, is any human being actually that terrible? But maybe they are. That guy is. That, that guy, guy is, is for sure. I feel like I may have gone on Tinder dates with that guy, but like <laughs> it never, it never got to the point where we were fucking. I'm mm-hmm. like, cause I'm just very, I'm just very selective like that. And I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of like, and, and the thing is, is that I think if I were, if I were younger and Tinder were around, like if my, in my earlier college years, like freshman, sophomore year, because I was still in a place where I didn't value myself as much. And I, and I definitely feel as though Annie's character in this first episode doesn't have that level of self value in that moment, especially to be, you know, jackrabbiting with, this guy Mm. but I feel like I I related to that in that like had something like a tinder been around I it would have been disastrous for me because I would have been just like who knows clinging to some guy that is such a good point I never thought about that because yeah it's true like you and I are like roughly the same age and I think Mm -hmm. that it was tinder didn't come out until I was out of college I was like working a job and I think that if it and definitely during college was like a very I think for everybody college is like kind of dark and I think you're you're trying to figure yourself out and you're trying to figure out what you want and there was definitely guys that I was like not even necessarily like hooking up with but maybe a little bit or maybe I was just like hanging on to shitty dudes or like trying to get their attention trying to get them because when you have low self-esteem like that you really just like cling at shreds of attention and so you're totally right that if tinder or like any sort of accessible male attention was that like at my fingertips that could have been super toxic. And I yeah. never really thought about that. And so I'm processing it through now, you know, cause you'd, you know, I'd go to a bar or whatever. And typically I was too shy to walk up to anybody and everyone was hitting on my friends. So <laughs> I was like, didn't, that wasn't a thing, but that's a really good point. Like it would be so easy to slide into that type of toxic relationship. And it becomes this vicious cycle because once that guy goes to you, swipe right again, you get the validation of someone also swiping right and then you start to mm. hang out. And it just, again, it just becomes this vicious cycle of like hookups where the guy just sees you as a hookup and you're like, oh no, but I need this validation. I have to keep hooking up with him for for someone to like me. And so like, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad I was like 25 by the time tinder came out and like in my right mind (laughs) for sure that's it's so true and i i also am like not to get sappy and talk about my like relationship but i'm also very grateful that i it made me grateful that i met my husband when i was through that period of my life too because i wasn't like that with him i was at a Mm -hmm. much more secure place and so i do believe that like people come into your life at the right time for for the reason and so and so bringing it back to shrill i my hope for the show is that we see her get to a better place personally. We see, we're starting to see that her coming to her own. And so hopefully this gets to a place where she's maybe not like meeting the love of her life, but it would be nice if she was able to be in a relationship that's more equal and have that experience of having a man treat her with respect and dignity and not climbing out the back of the fence. Oddly enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Just out the backyard. That's it. 
Um, oddly enough, I saw a lot of parallels to the way this show works. I'm curious to see how it continues to parallel with that movie, Isn't It Romantic, starring Rebel Wilson. Oh, you know what? I haven't seen that. It um, just came out, right? Like a little while ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, <laughs> Wait, was that was it good? Is that worth a watch? I appreciate the way that it turns rom-com tropes on their head, right? Um, but at the end, ooh, spoiler. Uh, do you mind if I I'll spoil? allow it. Everybody, if you don't want to be spoiled, fast forward 30 seconds. Yeah. So basically, um, in the end, Rebel Wilson's character uh, finds out that she was loved all along. Mm. Right? And so I'm, I'm wondering if they're kind of going to do that minus the weird schmaltzy uh rom-com tropes where uh, she you know touches liam hemsworth abs for mm. a little bit i mean i mean it's nice yeah i'll take it but yeah but- i i think that's an interesting point it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they follow that because that is a little bit of like a formulaic type approach and and that's not necessarily what i'm hoping for i i don't think that it should end with and then she felt good and the ultimate prize was she got a great loving relationship like that's right. not that is very anti-feminist and not what i believe at all but I, it would be great if because we started with her such a t- having such a toxic experience with romance if we were able to at some point in the series see as she develops her able to have a healthier experience with it because that's such a great part of becoming comfortable with yourself yeah and i mean oh sad note time like what i <sighs> What frustrates me is that this is an art imitating life situation in my eyes, just because women of a certain size are not incur- or are not um, groomed, if you will, to believe that they are lovable in the romantic trope kind of way. And so it, it's just, you know, and it just, it. how do I say this in English? Like to watch a character embody a lot of that internalized self-loathing that overweight women develop uh, was just, it, it really tugged at my heartstrings, you know, like, oh, I I don't love myself, but in order to keep this guy around who will at least fuck me, I have to, I have to keep hanging on. I have to keep hanging. And that's just something that I feel like a lot of women can relate to because we're not, we're not uh, encouraged to have the same amount of self-esteem and pride as our thinner counterparts do. I think that's a really good point. And I, I think it ties back into the fact that we are not used to seeing that viewpoint represented uh, in, in media and entertainment. And um, it's so sad and painful to watch because it's new. Like when I can't think of any real like realistic heartfelt authentic examples of a fat woman wrestling with her fatness and dealing with the implications of that in a way that's not superficial or cartoony or uh like making fun of her I I don't know if I've ever seen that before and so what you're saying is definitely I resonated with that for sure I was like oh my god like I've exhibited some of these behaviors and to see it played out is really eye-opening and so hopefully some people are able to see that recognize something in themselves and, and hopefully that'll like help people. I don't know, make it, it'll inspire people to think a little bit differently because we just don't see that. We don't see that portrayed. And I, I mean, people who are having kids now, I hope they can catch a show like this and realize that, you know, Hey, 
we've been socializing our little girls to think like they're terrible, you know, to think yeah. to think the le- the least of themselves. So let's not do that. And if I, you know, if you have a daughter that turns out to be not skinny, mm-hmm. she's not any less valuable than any girl who uh, is. Totally. So that, yeah, and and I appreciate you saying like um, that this isn't a cartoony portrayal of her struggle because then I think uh, on the other hand of um, the movie with Amy Schumer uh, I Feel Pretty which uh, fun fact in Mexico is called Sexy and Accidente <laughs> that kills me I'm sorry that's so bad <laughs> it's so bad and so Amy Schumer who is like an average size conventionally attractive also like i would i wouldn't even qualify amy schumer as average size i would say she's like average sized for hollywood people but she's still thin like the average size of an american woman is size 12 she like 12 to 14 she is not anyway she she has one roll of back fat okay (laughs) call me when you have a whole pack of thomas's english muffins bitch but (laughs) but what i'm saying is like to see that and to see her being portrayed as dumpy in some way or another. And like, she has to hit her head <laughs> and have a concussion. She has to be concussed mm. to feel good about herself. Like that is a very toxic cartoony thing to perpetuate in the media and the zeitgeist and in the minds of impressionable women. Totally, totally. So I think that's all that to say, this is a big part of why you and I are so excited about this show, because it really speaks to something that we don't see normally. Yes. So so I think moving moving forward from that, um, there's a couple other things that happened in the show that I wanted to touch on. Uh, There was the scene in an antique store slash parking lot, like flea market situation uh, that that was where when you're talking about stuff that like made you sad Mm. this part specifically made me really sad when she was talking about the pregnancy and talking about why she's in this toxic relationship and it was so it was so beautifully acted first of all I was just like I was like right there with her I did not expect it to get that emotional that real uh but I was I was so there um and there was a couple of things she said that I was like holy shit, like I've definitely had similar thoughts. And it's, she said something like, you know, the idea of like, she's being sweet and easygoing and always trying to get along with people to almost make up for her weight. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that you and I have talked about that, how that manifests in different ways for us growing up. But there is that idea that you're trying to do something to compensate for how you look, whether it's being loud or being funny or being friendly or nice like I think we all have had those thoughts where it's like you're trying to compensate in some way and so I was just like damn that is like straightforward and that is like super real um and then the other thing was was uh, Fran basically was said something to her along the lines of you know you need to stop talking to yourself like that this is horrible like it makes me really sad to hear you say this which was great friend thing to say I thought Fran was like such displayed herself as such a good friend in that conversation but uh Andy responded something along the lines of this is the kind of stuff that's going through my head all the time and it's so that in that moment I was like yes this is all the stuff that 
we all women in general not just Mm -hmm. women of uh, women of any size are constantly you have these self-berating thoughts going through your head all the time but we don't talk about it like sometimes we'll say what the thought is but then we kind of like laugh about it and let it go but women are probably you're thinking about your body or your weight or your hair or something looking gross or whatever hundreds of times a day and we We are constantly aware constantly and so that's what makes when people offer unsolicited advice makes that even more frustrating because you're like you think I don't know that I look like that you think I don't know that my clothes are baggy you think I don't know um so I thought that was to hear her articulate that that this is what's going through our heads every day that really resonated with me oh yeah yeah I I think a viewing audience is going to really appreciate this show Mm -hmm. really really appreciate this show and uh and what's nice is that Fran has a real body too. Yes. Right? I love, you know, and you were, I remember you, one of the earlier conversations you were talking about hoping that there would be like different types of representation. And it looks like that is so far, it looks like they're actually doing a relatively decent job at that. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, you know, that casting women with real bodies, not just like Hollywood. I mean, cause if we're going to be real, there's Hollywood standard, there's Hollywood Thin, which is, um, you know, a powder diet, if you will. You know what I'm alluding to. Uh, and and then there's Hollywood Fat, right? Mm-hmm. Like which Amy is, Schumer. Oh, God. Which is, well, yeah. Well, there's Hollywood Fat, and then you have, like, Stay puffed, man. Fat, mm-hmm. like you know, like yeah. rounder actors. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's so so there are these extremes. In, in terms of how people are portrayed in Hollywood. It's like one type or another. It's very black and white, right? And so to have people casted who have gray area type bodies, you know, where yeah. it's like, hey, hey, I might not be a uh, Hollywood thin, but I still buy clothes off the rack mm-hmm. in a department store and they fit me because they're made to fit human people bodies, women's bodies. You know, mm-hmm. there's room in these jeans for my ass, like regular, just people size people mm-hmm. rather than Hollywood size people. It's nice to see that. Yeah, it's for nice sure. To and to talk about it's to see them represented but also to represent their perspectives and represent those doubts and those questions and those fears that they have. Uh, so it's, it's, they take the first step of putting them on screen and then the second step of, of delving into their psyche. And so um, I think you're totally right. People are really going to resonate with this. So the last couple of things that I wanted to touch on before we wrap up, I loved the conversation that she had with him. Uh, this, what, what do we call him? Shitty dude. When she, burst into his apartment and she was like first of all I'm coming through the front fucking door and I'm telling you what's up she sat him down and I she said something along the lines of she almost wanted to like trap him with the pregnancy to get him to treat her like a normal human being and how Mm. if they had a kid together they would have to go out to restaurants and he would have to treat her like a human and she was like that's so fucked up and I was like yes that is so fucked up and I just it's so fucked up that you would have to trick someone into treating you like a human sorry go ahead I'm sorry Tookie's making (laughs) making gestures again but yeah so that that really that that was it on that that really resonated with me and um I loved how they threw in at the end that he already had a child and that she just didn't know about it. And I just, it was so funny the way they did that was she was just like, I, what? (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Um, 
And I just thought that was really beautiful. And it was a nice little like button on that relationship where she was like, okay, yeah, no, this was a bad idea. I'm done with this. I'm out. Yeah. Okay. See, that's what kills me. Right. Because like here she is scheming basically and trying to find ways for this dude to bring her out into the daylight in public Right. right. And he's not even hot. No disrespect to the actor, all disrespect to the character. He's not hot. He's not it's, hot. It's, disrespect. Not even... it's the beard. It's disrespect to the beard. If he had a nice little bit of beard oil on there, he would and a hairbrush, he would actually be pretty hot, I think. But yeah, exactly. He's not worth he's not worth it. But because it's what we were saying earlier about when you're in that level of insecurity, you're like, I just need that male attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was I I'll be curious to see if he comes back throughout the season because he felt like a big presence. Like, I, I don't think that they're just going to write him off, but I really hope that she's able to, like, keep her distance. And that's not a road that she goes back down because that's just it's really painful to watch. Yeah, it really it really ugh, it really, really hurts. Like, I low key hope that uh, the comeuppance for his character is some mouth herpes because mm-hmm. fuck that guy. On display. None, none yes. of that hidden herpes. Just like right out there for everyone to see. Yes. Uh, so yeah, hate him. Uh, but I will say I loved how they ended the show. And I love that they, she bumped back into the personal trainer. And just let her rip on her. Uh, and then, and I was mm. like, wow, this is kind of, and it was kind of, it was like she was halfway there, right? She was like, said fuck you. But then when she was called on it, she sort of backed down. But then when she walked away and that song came on, like, I'm doing good. I was like, yes. I was like, I am so excited for, I feel like this is an optimistic. It was such an optimistic way to end the episode. And I was yeah. super fired up for the rest of the season. That got me like so ready to go. Like a, a switch. You can see it too. That's great acting when you can mm. see the switch go off in someone's mind. That's and there's such that a good shift. point. You could yeah. see in that moment, she was like, all right, I found my confidence. I'm ready to, I'm like, yeah. let's, let's fucking do this. Yes. So, so general, my general final thoughts on the show, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, so I thought it was darker than I was expecting. Like mm-hmm. the show itself was darker. It was not as sort of campy and funny as I was expecting, but I think that's why it feels more real is because they weren't going into it. Like, let's get as many jokes as we can. How many jokes per minute can we get in? I thought the humor was much more between like the interactions between the characters, like the interactions between Fran and Annie were very funny because they were just friends that are funny at their house. It wasn't like, and look at the silly situation that happened when she fell down the staircase. It was much more nuanced, which I appreciated. This is not a show that needs to be joke dense. Mm -hmm. It's not 30 rock. This is real shit. This is based on a memoir of a real person. And we finally get to see that reality on Mm -hmm. tv not an augmented well i mean the volume is a little turned up but it's not a completely augmented reality yeah and i guess i didn't know what to expect because the people behind it are so comedy heavy i think i was expecting it to be a little bit more joke 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 Mm. but i'm glad that it's not because it gives it more room to have authenticity and then you're sort of the laughs are almost a surprise and it lightens the moment and it brings it back down to a place that's like light and funny so i i really am excited about the tone of this um And then the last thing I wanted to mention is they really need to get some sort of something set up for the fashion in the show. I need a guide on where I can buy every dress that A.D. Bryant and Fran, for that matter, wear, because they both have like a fierce set of set like sense of style. And I want ever I want to buy everything. I will buy everything that they're wearing. Wardrobe comes through. 
wardrobe yeah. absolutely comes through. Like if they, I need to know if, you know, they tag the designers on the Instagram mm-hmm. for Trill, Shrill because uh, that's necessary. Yes, that's my, I'm going to put in my official request to have all the designers tagged because here's the, this also ties back to, not to like harp on the R word, but it ties back to representation too, mm-hmm. that we don't see fashion for women that are over a size 10 very often. And so or women who are eligible for that plan B pill. Hey, hey. <laughs> I want that plan B fashion. Nobody <laughs> take that. That's going to be the name of my fashion company. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm never launching a fashion company. You guys can take it. But seriously, I, uh, I would, I, it's very cool to see people that are comfortable in, um, in expressing their fashion in different types of ways. And so I would love to, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing, more of that throughout so that's just like a fun little thing that I'm excited for hell yes hell yes any final thoughts from you Tucky on the show on the show um everybody just go watch it it's gonna start streaming March 15th watch that shit you'll love it you will you will love it and even if you are not an overweight person yourself you're gonna relate to so much of the humanity in this show yeah it's a very it's a very human focused story focused show so uh, we have five more episodes left. Um, the way we are going to do this. So this episode is dropping Friday morning, uh, right at the same time as the show is dropping. So if you want to like, if you're skipping work and you're like, I need a podcast to listen to right away after I binge Shrill, uh, come give us a listen. We're going to watch the show and record one episode at a time. We're not going to binge it and talk about it all at once because we are of the belief that each show has a lot of really interesting themes that we want to tease out. Um, and so we're going to take our time with it. So this episode is going live on Friday. We're going to release a new episode about each episode of Shrill uh, every week on Friday mornings. So stick with us uh, and we will be, we'll be tearing it all down for you. And please let us know what you think. You can follow Shrill on social media at, you can follow, excuse me, you can follow Shrill on social media at Shrill Hulu, but also follow us, uh, which is Loud Women Pod uh, on Instagram and Twitter. We are, if you want to reach out to us on email, we're loudwomenpod at gmail. Uh, Tookie, want to give a shout out for your, for your tweets? Oh God, uh, I'm very problematic, but at Tookie Monster on the Instagram and the Twitters. And I just want to say it's Women's History Month. God damn it. I'm so glad mm-hmm. this show is dropping during Women's History Month. And to all of our male listeners out there, if you want to be a good ally to women during Women's History Month, put your face in it. <laughs>